Chapter Fourteen. That Night Week. During the whole of the week, Irene had been thinking every other moment of her promise to the old lady. Although even now she could not quite feel sure that she had not been dreaming. Could it really be that an old lady lived up in the top of the house, with pigeons and a spinning wheel, and a lamp that never went out? She was, however, none the less determined on the coming Friday, to ascend the three stairs, walk through the passages with the many doors, and try to find the tower in which she had either seen or dreamed her grandmother. Her nurse could not help wondering what had come to the child. She would sit so thoughtfully silent, and even in the midst of a game with her, would so suddenly fall into a dreamy mood. But Irene took care to betray nothing, whatever efforts Lutie might make to get at her thoughts. And Lutie had to say to herself, "What an odd child she is," and give it up. At length, the longed-for Friday arrived, and lest Lutie should be moved to watch her, Irene endeavoured to keep herself as quiet as possible. In the afternoon, she asked for a doll's house. And went on arranging and rearranging the various rooms and their inhabitants for a whole hour. Then she gave a sigh and threw herself back in her chair. One of the dolls would not sit, and another would not stand, and they were all very tiresome. Indeed, there was one would not even lie down, which was too bad. But it was now getting dark, and the darker it got, the more excited Irene became. And the more she felt it necessary to be composed, I see you want your tea, princess," said the nurse. "I will go and get it. The room feels close. I will open the window a little. The evening is mild; it won't hurt you. There's no fear of that, Lutey," said Irene, wishing she had put off going for the tea till it was darker, when she might have made her attempt with every advantage. I fancy Lutie was longer in returning than she had intended, for when Irene, who had been lost in thought, looked up, she saw it was nearly dark, and at the same moment caught sight of a pair of eyes, bright with a green light, glowering at her through the open window. The next instant, something leaped into the room. It was like a cat, with legs as long as a horse's. Irene said. But its body no bigger, and its legs no thicker than those of a cat. She was too frightened to cry out, but not too frightened to jump from her chair and run from the room. It is plain enough to every one of my readers what she ought to have done, and indeed Irene thought of it herself. But when she came to the foot of the old stair, just outside the nursery door. She imagined the creature running up those long ascents after her, and pursuing her through the dark passages, which, after all, might lead to no tower. That thought was too much. Her heart failed her, and turning from the stair, she rushed along to the hall, whence, finding the front door open, she darted into the court pursued. At least she thought so by the creature. No one happening to see her. On she ran, unable to think for fear, and ready to run anywhere to elude the awful creature with the stilt legs. 
Not daring to look behind her, she rushed straight out of the gate and up the mountain. It was foolish indeed, thus to run farther and farther from all who could help her, as if she had been seeking a fit spot for the goblin creature to eat her in his leisure. But that is the way fear serves us. It always sides with the thing we are afraid of, 